This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is March 7th, 2020, and Atlanta United improved to 2-0 in the MLS season and remained unbeaten in four games across all competitions with a 2-1 victory over Cincinnati at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in front of an announced attendance of 69,301, the 10th largest in league history for a regular season game, and Atlanta United now holds all 10 of the highest announced attendance games in league history during the regular season. The goals were from Ezekiel Barco in the 21st minute and Emerson Hyman in the 55th. Uh, Gonzalo Pitti Martinez picked up assists on both goals. Barco also got an assist on the Hyman goal. That gives Pitti two assists this season. It took until June 1st last year for him to get two assists in the league. He's got four assists across all competitions. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. And I'm joined, as always, by Jason Longshore of SoccerDownHere.net and 92.9 FM. Almost always, but most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Well, Jason, it was uh, probably not a very pretty game uh, overall, but there were some really pretty moments within the game. Uh, particularly Atlanta United's goals. But what did you make of the performance tonight? I think what's interesting about kind of where Atlanta United is right now is this is a team that generally the conversation has been based around stars. And Joseph, Miguel Almiron in the past, uh, Pitti Martinez, Ezekiel Barco. But tonight, you know, you look at some of the contributions from a player like Fernando Meza, who I thought put on a defensive clinic on Jurgen Lacadia. Um, gave up a good bit of sides to him, but really shut him down and, and had to defend him in a number of different ways. Mesa has been so impressive this season with a rotating cast of you know defensive partners all season long due to injury, and he had another one tonight. George Campbell making his debut. Campbell and Wyke, two players that you know spent last season playing combined over fifty times for Atlanta United, too, getting the job done in these early season matches. Uh, you get Mateo Sosetu for his first appearance for Atlanta United in MLS. Emerson Heinemann continues to deliver for this team right now. It's a team that, without Joseph Martinez, without Miles Robinson, without Franco Escobar, had to grind one out a little bit. And it wasn't clean. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't you know, a, a textbook performance. But it's one that might mean a little bit more because of the grit that it required. And we didn't get an injury update on Anton Walks, um, but we're hoping we'll get that on Monday uh, when we talk with Frank DeBoer ahead of Wednesday's uh, Champions League quarterfinal opener 
uh, at Club America in Mexico City. So there were a lot of things to talk about tonight. Uh, how do you think that uh, Adam Yon did coming on in Joseph as the striker role in this three four three formation? I thought he played well. I thought he moved around well. I thought he created space for his teammates pretty well when he would drag defenders forward. I thought most of the time, his, you know, he would get the ball and lay it off to Pitti, which is probably exactly what he was supposed to do. Yeah, I thought he worked really hard, and that's really what he can do with this group right now. He's a player that is a very different kind of player than Joseph Martinez. And at times, I think this team played like they were still expecting number seven to make the run, not number 14. And it's just it's two different things. So I thought they could have used him maybe a little bit more in the buildup when they did. I thought it was effective. But even when he wasn't seeing much of the ball, I thought he contributed in different ways. And that's that's the mark of a true professional it's a tough situation for him because he was brought in to be that alternative, that change of pace late when you needed to get more direct. He wasn't really brought in to play 90 minutes a match, but he gave you a 90-minute performance tonight and contributed to a win. You take that every time. Uh, looking at uh, Jan's stat line, 90 minutes played, didn't have any shots, uh, 25 touches, 20 passes, 75% passing accuracy, won a foul, and conceded a foul. Fort Lang nodded as the last striker they have at this point. Um, I want to talk for a second about Kubo's goal, which I thought was just filthy. Um, It knuckled a little bit to the left. Guzan went to his right, and then the ball just knuckled right back to the right and into the corner. Really not much, I don't know, of a goalkeeper, other than maybe one with a little bit of slower reflexes who might have ignored the first swerve and then caught the second swerve. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he, he was caught sliding just a little bit on that first one. It looked like one of those that you see Cristiano Ronaldo hit on a free kick where he's trying to hit it right on the the nozzle where the like the needle would go in to put air in the ball. Yeah. If you hit it right on that, it can have that knuckle effect. And he hit that with a outside of the right foot kind of shot. So you got the knuckle and the left to right action on it. It's just such a tough one to save. He really hit it well. I thought the more he got involved, the more worried I was. Kubo struggled defensively in uh, New Jersey last week against Red Bulls. He was better tonight. I thought Cincinnati on the whole was better than they were in game one. But they need to play through Yu Kubo more, especially in a match like this where Locadia was really shut down by Fernando Meza. You didn't have Regaton until the second half. He's dealing with a hamstring issue. Kubo was the player that looked the most dangerous for them. I think the goal was a big part of it. Yeah, Maduni didn't really. I forgot he was even playing uh, most of tonight also. I was looking at the stats here. Cincinnati created 13 chances to Atlanta United 6. But if you want to know how you win a game when you give up 2-1 to one chances created, look at duels 1. 57.1% by Atlanta United to 42, 42.3% duels won. Yeah, Atlanta United in, in matches like this where you're you're figuring it out on the fly, it's kind of a scrappy game. You've got to be that team. And we know it's something that Frank DeBoer values in, in teams. It's it's not just you know winning tackles, it's winning your 1v1 battles it's winning the aerial duels i thought that was one area where Mesa, surprisingly was really good tonight uh the 1v1s i mean this is a team that wants to get brooks lennon and jake mulraney into those 1v1 opportunities you know you want barco and pitti running at people with 1v1s and for the most part 
Atlanta looked the better team in those moments. You know, Kubo was the real dangerous element for Cincinnati, but outside of him, 1v1 matched up anywhere on the field. Atlanta was the better team. So now we have to look ahead to Wednesday. Atlanta United is going to be playing in thin air in Mexico City against uh, Club America, one of the best teams in Western Hemisphere, a team that will be motivated after last year's Campionas Cup loss. Uh, in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, a team that will likely be looking at Atlanta United's roster going, we should roll this team because there's so many players out. Well, Club America's dealing with that too. Um, They were missing nine players in their league match Friday night against Pumas. Now, a couple were red cards, but they're dealing with a ton of injuries as well. Um, this is a difference, though, between Liga MX and MLS in terms of roster sizes, in terms of salary caps. They're not limited in the same ways that Atlanta United is in replacing those injured players. They have been relying a little bit more on their U20 and their academy teams and bringing players through than they normally would. But you're right, Miguel Herrera coming into this, this is a team that was a little embarrassed, honestly, in, in losing Campione's Cup last year because that's not supposed to happen, according to Mexican teams. And you take what's happened in this offseason with a lot of top players from Liga MX choosing to move to Major League Soccer, you're getting those comparisons between MLS and Liga MX even stronger than we've ever seen them before. There's a lot of national pride, league pride on the line in this. And these are the two, you know, Hollywood kind of teams that are left in this that are going to get that attention and to have them matched up at this stage there will be a lot of eyeballs on it there will be a lot of pressure on it and unfortunately for Atlanta they don't have as many players as you'd like to have that have dealt with that pressure before with so many injuries it's going to be a makeshift lineup yeah Frank DeBoer said that he's not going to risk any players uh for the tournament they obviously want to go far but it's not worth risking so you got to think the team is likely not going to have Miles Robinson, not going to have uh, Franco Escobar. I imagine that White has a concussion. Yeah, he uh, won't be able to play. If he was dizzy, it's likely a concussion. He certainly wouldn't be allowed to fly. Right. Um, so he's out. If Atlanta United wants to go with three center backs, there's really only three guys left: uh, Campbell, Meza, and Walks. You could play Lorenowitz back yeah. there. I suppose, but he hasn't done so yet, so I don't know why you'd want to do it in a tournament game. Um, or they could go back to four in, the, four in the back and kind of play a 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one and just try to really get a draw, bunker in, and uh, and try to bring it back to Mercedes-Benz and give these guys another two weeks, I think it is, uh, or a week to get healthier. healthier. Um, what do you think we're going to see? It's hard to say. Uh, a lot of it's going to be just the, the physical feeling of, of guys on short rest at the stage of the season. So we've seen in Honduras where Brooks Lennon had the slight knock in training before the trip and Frank DeBoer went with the four-man back line and played a 4-3-3. We saw the match tonight conclude in a 4-3-3 with Jeff Lorenowitz coming in and playing in front of the back four. I wonder if you might see a scenario where it looks a little more like that, where it is a four-man back line, but Jeff Lorenowitz is almost tethered to it as a number six in front of that. I think uh, you're going to see a team that looks a little bit more like they did against Motagua in the first leg, where you have to manage it and you have to get out of it with as little damage as you can deal with 
in that match because you want to give yourself a chance in the second leg. Um, Atlanta and Club America, they both have league games on the weekend, so you know two beat-up teams are not going to be able to completely focus on this competition. It's going to come down to the individuals, and it's going to come down to you know guys like Pitti Martinez and Ezekiel Barco and Emerson Hindman, who's playing really, really well. A player like Mateo Sosetu, who's you know fairly fresh and hasn't had a lot of minutes on his legs so far in the season, he could have a long run out in Mexico City. And, and a player like Manuel Castro, who's got one training session under his belt at this point, might be pressed into service out of necessity. You just might have to roll the dice and see what happens in this. And sometimes you've got to take those chances in these moments. And that's kind of where you're at if you're Atlanta United right now. Uh, Miguel Herrera might have to take a chance in playing a player in Roger Martinez who has only got one substitute appearance so far this season, a player who wanted to move to Europe, didn't get the offers from Europe, uh, did get offers from the LA Galaxy and Miami, and he turned them down. Club America wanted to make the sale, but Roger Martinez was kind of ostracized from the team for a while, and because of all these injuries, he came off the bench on Friday night because they're running out of bodies. It's it's a difficult spot for both teams, and they both come in kind of limping. It's going to come down to the individual talent on display. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I can't. I'm not going to be able to be there live uh, because of issue or concerns with the coronavirus. Uh, we have limited international travel uh, for the time being, so I will not be in Mexico City, which is a bummer because it's a bucket list item, but totally understandable. I'm still going to provide uh, the, hopefully the quality and, and coverage that y'all enjoy. Uh, I'll just have to do it by watching it on television. Jason, what do you have upcoming? You could uh, dial in the call on 92.9 The Game and and listen to Mike Conti and I as we struggle to get a radio signal out of the Estadio Azteca. Uh, We are going to make it work one way or another. It's not the easiest venue to broadcast from, but we are going to do our best. Uh, Really looking forward to it. Uh, What's coming up for us? We've got first tomorrow, Atlanta United 2 with their home debut at Fifth Third Bank Stadium in Kennesaw hosting the Charleston Battery. Uh, there are tickets available. It should be a fun one. I want to see how many academy players you know are playing in this one because you're not going to see many first-team players available because they're either playing or they're injured. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little difficult for Steven Glass, but it's a 3.30 kick, and if you can't make it out to Kennesaw, you can watch on ESPN Plus with myself and John Nelson on the call. And then soccer down here will be back on Monday for an overreaction Monday about this match, about the twos, about everything going on in MLS this weekend. There'll be plenty to talk about. All right. And you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope you'll consider subscribing to the paper. Uh, Tomorrow you're going to see some stuff from Steve Hummer and our talented intern Zach, uh, who are also both here today. So thank you very much, Atlanta United 2-1 winners. Against FC Cincinnati, goals from Barco and Hyman, his second in as many games. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.
The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.